0: ideas, inspiration, innovation.
1: This is The Game Changer, and now here's your host, Chickie Fitzgerald.
0: Good morning, this is Chickie Fitzgerald, it is Friday, March 13th, 2015 and you have joined the Executive Girlfriends Group and Solutions Live. We have a remarkable guest today, and she has written a book called Remarkability. Actually, it's the first in a series. I'll let her tell you a little bit about that. Our guest today is Ginger Rocky Johnson, the Spice Girl of Tampa. Ginger, welcome. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Love Executive Girlfriends Group. Ginger, Tell me how you came up with the Spice Girl of Tampa, because one of the things we're going to be talking about uh, today is standing out. And you stand out uh, in a number of ways. (laughs) You you are are from Tampa, so you and I know each other uh, in real life as well as online. Mm -hmm. So uh, the tagline of the book is, you're not invisible, don't let your brand be either. And so I, I want to talk about what you have done about your brand before we jump into the book.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm, you know, Spice Girl came cuz my hair, it, although it's multiple colors many days, uh right now it's purple, but uh, it is really red. My family's uh Irish and I'm Cherokee, and so it came from uh being my name being Ginger and my hair being red, so everybody started calling me Spice Girl since I was 7. <laughs> and I was first DM it. I was long before the band. And uh when my husband and I started dating, his friends are all from New York cuz he's from Long Island. And they all started calling me Spice Girl Tampa Bay, and it just kind of stuck. So I said, oh, that's pretty good. I like it. And nowadays, most people just know me as Spice Girl around here in Tampa. And uh, so it just kind of stuck that way, and, um, you yeah, know, I, I help people stand out because, you know, people notice me because of my hair for most things. If I walk into a room, it's the first thing. I mean, I'm kind of hard not to notice. <laughs> it's like bright purple hair. <laughs> And it's a good thing, you know, business owners don't need to be invisible. They really need to stand out. And so it's always been my passion to help individuals, either in life or in business, be able to help stand out. And they're not invisible. None of us are. None of us want to feel that way. So we help them stand out as much as we can.
0: So when you decided to write this particular book, it really was with a longer series in mind. So tell us your vision for this series of books.
1: Yeah, there is actually twelve in the series. Is um, you know, there's no way that you can get everything digestible in one cover? It's just way too much information. And this one, yeah, the first and this is already
0: over 200 pages in this first yeah. book.
1: Yeah, and it's it's a lot to digest, but every time I – this is actually, for the most part, the marketing plan that we write and give to our customers now because they really need to understand, in layman's term, this scary world of marketing and technology. It's one of the biggest fears that people have is understanding all the lingo and the language, and it's really not so technical and so not so scary if you understand right. the basic principles. So it goes through the basic principles of it, and then we help walk – customers along and understanding this is what it means and here's what it means to them so they can understand a little bit more. So this is a, a a lot to take in all at once. Part of it is social media. Part of it is SEO to understand the basics because it's moving the same direction. Since right. 2014, everything started moving towards social search. What you do in the search engine and what you do in social media is exactly the same thing. It's the same principles. And that was the purpose of this
0: book is to make sure they understand that very basic principle. Well, and I thought it was really interesting that you start the book uh, with talking about you know knowing who you are, and it, it launches into a discussion of of archetypes and and how you um, how you see your own brand, and I think to to a great extent how you see yourself. So yeah. talk to us about that. Yeah, so it's, it's very
1: difficult to stand in front of anyone, whether you are a business owner or not, in, your career and, and anything if you don't really know who you are on the inside, if you have no grounded foundation. So as a business owner, if you don't know what your identity is, you lead your audience into confusion, and a confused mind makes no decision. So all the great marketing in the world will do you no good if you don't know who you are to begin with. You know, if your brand is all about being like Martha Stewart, or are you innovative like Steve Jobs? And the book gives you some analogies so that you can kind of tie in and – Re, kind of refresh your mind and, and try to think about who are you really? You know, I am – my brand is all about standing out, you, whether it's in life or in on the Internet. I want right. to do things that are way outside the box, draws attention to people, draws attention to myself, to my brand. And if that doesn't, like, resonate with our customers, then I'm just not the best fit for them because that's exactly what we're going to do is draw a lot of attention to them. You have to understand who you are, just the very, very basics of who you are. And I use when I talk with customers uh, the basic analogy of the differences between Coke and Pepsi. And they've done those blind taste tests when we were kids and we were growing Uh up and talking about the blind taste test. And and if you had the same marketing imagery for Coca-Cola but you gave them Pepsi, their mind is instantly confused. Well, there's a little differences in taste, and some people think there's drastic differences in taste. If Pepsi started marketing like Coca-Cola, because that's not who they are, everybody gets confused, and so they don't buy. So you have to understand who who you are and remind yourself, why did you get in business to begin with? You have to be passionate about something, because if you're not, why are you doing it? Go find something you are passionate about.
0: Well, I thought that the archetypes were very interesting because as I – and there are 12 of them that you list in, in the yeah. book, and as you describe, they are actually kind of subsets of each one of those – but I found myself I would read one or two lines and it's like nope that's not me that's yep. not me and uh, and you won't be surprised that that I actually come out uh, you know, like one part creator one part magician and one part outlaw <laughs> right so uh, but the rest of them I mean I could not be further from most of them. I mean, uh, there might have been, you know, a little twinge of of something here or there. So I I thought that that was a really interesting way to get to know yourself better and to know how others might see you. And, uh, you know, I think your point about brand confusion is interesting. So am I unusual that I actually uh, resonate with three of them? No, actually, it's quite common that
1: people will feel that they've resonated with several of them. So you mm-hmm. you have three of them, you set them aside, and then you need to come back to them again because you really do have a brand that will resonate with one because your whole brand has to sit solidly on something. You know, My brand, for example, is about standing out. So I, I am more of the rebel and the outlaw. I don't fit into a box no matter what we do. We're not going to fit into a box. And there right. are, you know, as a marketing agency, for example, we – are not the best at what we do. There are certainly companies that do things much better than we do, and we like to watch what they do. However, we don't – our most important factor is building relationship. So for what we do, I'd rather spend more time with the client, understanding what they do, and other brands don't. So we just have to know who we are and what we're going to be spending our time with, and everybody needs to understand that. And you'll find when you've got that archetype down and you've, you're resonating with the one that you know very clearly is who you are – your foundation is there. Your vision comes more clear. Your mission is more clear. And the hokey things that your, ben- your business mentors tell you that you've got to have, which is, you know, your business plan and mission, vision, goals, all of a sudden the light bulbs come on because you're right. well grounded. You know who you are. And when you've got that basic principle under your belt, you know, moving forward into how do I market? How do I go into social media? How do I go into my SEO? How do I approach things differently? You know, right. you just have that heartfelt. I'm, I'm okay with where I'm going because I'm not going to be like everybody else. This is who I am.
0: Well, and I'm cheating, of course, because you and I have just gone through some some one-on-one personal branding, <laughs> and and so I already know the answer for myself because I knew that even though I do multiple things because I've had a, a strategic consulting firm for nineteen years and I'm yeah. I'm a technologist and so i'm creating uh new things all the time that the one word or set of words that tied it together for me was was game changer because mm-hmm. i hate the status quo i hate um you know just doing things because they're comfortable and really setting you know your I, I i'm not what you are but setting yourself apart and being remarkable is what i believe that every business should set out to do um, I used a term, different terminology to describe it for me, but you also then move into knowing who your competitors are and you know I found that one interesting because as I was reading it, I thought I wonder how many people actually do know who their direct competitors are, and I know that that sounds silly, but um you know in my new business there 's no one who does what I do, and so how do you how do you begin to look? um at yourself in that light when you are changing the game and you are coming out with something new.
1: Yeah, so it's it's when you're when you're creating your own marketing genre in in a marketplace. It's looking at people who did exactly what Steve Jobs did. Nobody was doing what he did. I mean, whoever thought that a computer would now be a cylinder looking device. That's still very difficult for 90% of Americans to get their head around that. It doesn't have to be this big square box or or a laptop-looking device. But they thought creatively way, way outside the box. So it's it's looking at what did they do that would mimic or, or lessons that you can learn from somebody else's industry that has nothing to do with yours that will be able to help move you forward. And it takes a lot. That's where a team board comes really highly into play. You know, if you're a very creative mind, so you, you have, and you have a well-rounded team. But a lot of business owners simply don't. They they really believe, in my experience in talking with them anyway, that they think that if they share what they know or they have a team, that somebody's going to steal their idea and do things on their own without them. And while that may be true on, to some extent, the problem is, is that that business owner has a unique perspective. Nobody else is gonna have the same perspective as that business owner. So if if your perspective is outside the box and unique and somebody else does have a similar idea, it means it's a great idea. You know, compliment that you're actually finding someone else that's gonna be mimicking you. Right. But understanding. Well, your and I think you
0: helped me also in saying that when there aren't direct competitors. You have to be able to pull a word out or a- another company name that will help them understand. So, and, and that's what I've done with our new product. I've said we're the add this and share this for the travel industry, right? So right. nobody was going to know what a travel widget was, but if they are comfortable with you know putting social media connections on their site by going to add this or share this, they'll get it right yeah. and so you talked a little bit about that as you talked about how you break through the clutter and so the next section of the book is about the internet sales funnel and i think even for companies that don't have an internet based product maybe your service company you still have to deal with the internet as how do you get you know, browsers to become consumers, to become prospects, to become customers, to become raving fans. So yeah. talk to us about that process for different kinds of companies.
1: Yeah, the, the process is the same for the Internet, and, and I think that's the most difficult part for all business owners is to understand that the sales funnel that you work in, in real life is not the same on the Internet. People browse around. They check things out. They're just doing their research, and it's it's the first entry point into your sales funnel is to get those people who are just kind of searching and surfing to look to see you, to notice you, to stand out right then, and then to get them to become consumers of not your product, but the information that you want to share, your wisdom, your expertise. That's where blogging and article writing become extremely important. You won't rank anymore in these days on on anything, in search engine or in social media, without you sharing your expertise. Once they've consumed information, they've gotten to know you, they've gotten to like who you are, they've gotten to trust that your advice is, is solid for them, they become prospects for you. They'll, they'll buy one thing. They may be I'll buy a low-end product, not your core offering, but a lower-end product, and they'll give it a try. And then after that, you know, they become customers. They're solidly into your core offering, whatever that may be. And then they start telling other people. And that's for the b- bigger part. That's where people stop. They've got a customer and they stop with them. And it's the business owner's job to keep that going. You have to get them to from just buying your product to telling their friends that they got to buy your product. And that's the power. That's the power of the Internet is getting them from just surfing around and checking things out to all the way through, follow it all the way through to the very end of getting them to sell other people for you. So your sales cycle is shorter,
0: but it's long in the beginning, that's for sure. Right. Well, and I, I thought it was interesting because, you know, again, as, as you're talking to different kinds of companies, everyone has something that they are expert on. And y- you may have to dig Absolutely. a little bit to figure out what that is. Um, but you, you talk about writing white papers or, or putting together infographics as as a way to get people to become consumers of your information. So even if you don't have an online product – Um, you can still write about what you're passionate about and what you know or put together uh, infographics. You put some terrific links uh, to some online tools. I happen to be a fan of PictoChart, uh, maybe just because it was the first one that I found, but very, very easy to use. And you can take an article that somebody else writes that has a bunch of numbers in it, pull those numbers out, and put them into an infographic, and all of a sudden you have original content.
1: Yes. And there's nothing better. People love pictures,
0: and that's a, right. that's the only
1: strategy that will function in, in Facebook nowadays. And then you have Pinterest and Instagram. So when you create one little piece, and you can share that across multiple platforms, and you'll you'll
0: have some people that are checking you out after that for sure. People love pictures. Yes, definitely. So you then spend a lot of time um, in in this next section of the book talking about keywords and the importance of social and search. and and really trying to demystify the search engines. Can you really stay on top of it? Because I know that Google, um, you know, just without notice, even to its largest customers, can change their algorithms overnight.
1: Yeah, they changed them. Actually, the one we're trying to stay ahead of right now, they just changed on March 15th It's going to be the uh, next one coming up. But there's all some very basic principles. and. The basic principles of the search engines haven't changed from the day the Internet was launched. What they've done to tighten up things is to keep the spammers' content down and real business owners up. The problem that business owners get into is when they start searching on the Internet, they find somebody's idea that says it's going to be the overnight success for them, and they try doing it. And it's, it's usually something that's called black hat SEO. Black hat SEO is stuff that doesn't work very well, or it'll work for a short period of time until you get caught. And then you're gonna get banned. And then White Hat SEO is doing it right the first time. It's longer to do it right the first time, but the benefits are way way better. Plus you'd not have to worry about when Google makes massive changes to their algorithm or Bing or Yahoo or anybody. They will you'll always be at the top. You'll always be on top of whatever changes they're making. And things that they're doing is just enhancing. Enhancing according to the user's experience. Like video. You know, video is a big deal right now. So it's article writing and blogging. But those that's not anything new. They've been saying that for years, that if you share your expertise, people like us, when we want to search for something, we want to hear what you have to say. And if you're not doing it, you're already behind the eight ball now.
0: Right. So, you know, that would make a great argument for making sure that you're working with someone whose full-time job it is to stay on top of this. Because the the casual practitioner of social media – uh, doesn't have any idea of those things that are going on, unless you have all the time in the world to read, you know, articles on Google.
1: Yeah, you know, when you go to networking events, all so you hear is there's some chiropractor, and then all of a sudden they can do social media. And I just have to kind of chuckle at it, or somebody says, oh, I can optimize your website. I go, like, oh, okay, I spend a whole lifetime understanding how to make this stuff work so it's it's easier, so they don't have to be so invisible. The brand can be visible very easily, and it's not so much effort. But if you're just trying to do it off the cuff, man, you're going to spend a lot of time and energy, wasting a lot of time and energy. Because you know, right. you, you get it in the marketplace. It's not that there's not a lack of information out there. That's just there's just so much of it. Business owners don't really know where to go or what's real and what's just a waste of time. So you know, it's just staying on top of it is not not something you can do casually, for
0: sure. So, Ginger, you know, I take a look at, at my own situation. That you know, I'm I am actually quite on top of of the the social media side of things. In that I'm very, very active. But what I had neglected to do are knowing how the basics. Fit together, and I had a website that had been created—I don't know, eight years ago—and <laughs> you know, the look and feel of websites have changed. And uh, you know, you and I work together, and we're getting ready to launch—you uh, know—a new website now that that looks current. It communicates the things I really want to be doing. So, so talk to us about website development because you know, for me, things had changed so much in the eight years. And, and uh, there were a lot of choices.
1: Yeah, there were. And there there's, there's always going to be so many choices. But I'll say for m- most business owners, if not more than 80% of business owners nowadays, having a, a WordPress site is probably their very, very, very best thing they could possibly do. Because WordPress, on its own, the content doesn't change the same. You don't have to know any coding. And when they don't like the way it looks or Things are going to change. Aesthetically, things are going to continue to change on the Internet. So when you don't like the way it doesn't look now or it aesthetically changes for the future, you can simply change it like you change clothes without having to rewrite the whole content all over again. So systemically, it makes it very, very easy for anybody to manage. But knowing the business side of getting it designed is not something that anybody should try doing on their own. That's a lot of time, a lot of effort. Managing it on their own should be very simple. But the basics have never changed. It, when you put images in, you got to put in text. Because it's the, the stuff that we see that's really, really cute and pretty, we like the way websites look, is not searchable, is not indexable. It's nothing that people, that the engines can see. All they can see is straight text. So when you right. put images in, you have to put in some other things called alt tabs. And there's, some, there's all about that in the book, so they can read all more about that. But the alt tab is... The text expression or the text definition of what that image is and it can't be over spammy and there's rules to mm-hmm. how much you can content you can put in there without sounding um, like you're trying to stuff in too many keywords right and keywords are still the very very basic thing that people need to understand right you know, i call them money words it's not one word it's not i want to buy a car so you go and type in car into a, into a search engine but after you figured out what kind of car do you want You know, I like driving a Lexus, but if I were to buy a new Lexus, I wouldn't say buy a Lexus because I would come up with a ton of stuff that had nothing to do with what kind of car I want to buy. You know, as as you begin to search and become browsers of the internet, you get more and more familiar with what kind of topic that you want to be buying from, you know, whatever that topic may be. And usually that keyword is about five or six words in a row. Those to me are the money words. Those, to me, are the people that have already done their homework, they've already done their research, and as a business owner, I only want to show up mostly right there. They have already figured out what they want. They're just trying to figure out who to spend their money with. So if you're going to spend money and time and energy on the Internet, knowing the basics is know the basics of your keywords and what drives money, what drives revenue, drives the ROI to your business, what's that five to six keyword string that people are searching for? That's where you want to show up. All right
0: now you you then shift gears to talk uh, more about social media and about social media being a game changer and i I know when I talk to people about social media, so many of them start from their understanding of what social media is in their personal life and and so it 's really hard for them to make the leap of the business to business use mm-hmm. of social media mm-hmm. and I know you talk about in the book how that 's just growing you know year after year people are uh companies are being more and more social even CEOs are getting uh in the act of actually doing their own posting rather than paying someone to do that for them but what i love about this section ginger is that you distill everything down to to what you call e3 the real power of social media what are those yeah. three e's well the e3
1: is is how everything really works is so there's only three things that work on the on the internet on the um social media the first one is our purpose is to entertain our audience because we're there trying to relax we've already done our 40 or maybe 60 hour work week you know we go home we just want to be entertained so as a brand your job is to entertain your audience because that will keep them coming back the second part is to engage them you know it's simply not enough to put posting out there you need to engage with them reply to them have a conversation with them and yes it's work But that's what the point is. I mean, you wouldn't ignore your customer walking through the door. Why do you do that when they land on your Facebook page or or tweet with you or have a Pinterest page? You want to have that engagement with them. And then you need to educate them. Educate them on what you know so that they're making informed buying decisions because that's why they're searching anyway. That whole thing gives you the exposure, and exposure is everything. So E3 is the power of social media. It's not there to spam people. It's there to entertain,
0: engage, and educate Great. So once you have figured that out, then you really have to measure it, right? You have to know not only how how much exposure you're getting, but but really how people are engaging. Then how do you optimize that?
1: Yeah, optimizing is is based on your depending on what you're going to measure. If you're measuring, um, and don't please don't ever measure how many followers you have because that doesn't mean anything. You can buy people liking your page nowadays. So you need to measure something that's real for you. You know, what are you trying to get from it? And then being able to optimize your website is again going back to your keywords and being able to, you know, have a strategic approach to whatever your posting is. If your if your keyword is, you know, Lexus, NX, whatever the next car run is, you want to have your postings all geared towards that so that everything is pushing in the same direction. Because the more sharing that you have going on with your social media, that's a huge ROI because that's when you're starting to go viral. So you want to make sure that you always stay focused on your keyword structure for your website, for your, for your postings, for your blogging, for everything. Because you're always trying to make sure that you're pushing your customers towards and down your funnel.
0: And so the, the question that that I get asked is really how – often and and when should people be posting to social media and you know they look at at my social media presence and you know people always say to me you are everywhere well what they don't know is that behind the scenes i'm using a tool called buffer app where i post yeah. once and it goes out to 10 places <laughs> so you know it's not that i'm everywhere it's just that i know about those little little tools and tricks of the trade and i know that your yeah. book has a lot of very very practical tools and and uh, and little tricks that you can use uh, to make sure that you are where you need to be.
1: Yeah yeah, I love tools. I I love automation. I think it's a business owner's best friend is to automate <laughs> yes. as much as you possibly can. And I love Buffer. I also use Clout. I talk a lot about Clout in the, in the book, as well as Hootsuite. But you want to use several different varieties of tools. Um, and and here's why: if you're always putting out one particular posting people start noticing that it's not really you they hear about it over across the internet or they hear about it at their their friend's house and they go oh it's just automated stuff so if you're using hootsuite for some things and use buffer for some things i use clout for some things and then facebook as a page you can go in and schedule as well you can schedule posting well in advance but there's many tools to use and you want to use what makes the most sense for you as a business owner. But don't just use one. You want to at least use two different kinds. That way it's not always the same content. Got it. I love Buffer. I love Clout. Clout gives you, if you tell it what kind of um, topics you want to be focused on, it will p- suggest topics for you. And all you have to do is schedule and put it out there. And then you're it's like right. reblogging or rebroadcasting. It's great.
0: So um, let's talk a little bit about understanding the demographics uh, of your audience. I I know some tools actually give you uh, that information on, on the blog that I write. Um, I can look at where people are from, but on my radio show that I do, uh, I don't have those tools. So how important is it to truly understand who it is versus just knowing how big the numbers are and how engaged people are?
1: Yeah, it's, it's huge. I mean, demographics are everything. Facebook demographics are entirely different than you'll find on Pinterest or Instagram. So you need to know who your audience is because even if you have the same exact message, it has to be crafted slightly differently for a different older audience versus a younger audience. And the biggest part of it goes back to knowing your competition. If you're a business that services 18 to 25-year-olds and you've been in business for 15 years, have you grown with your audience? Or have you refreshed to be with the current eighteen to twenty five year olds? Their language that right. their today is way different than what you started with fifteen years ago. So you need to have, you know, a conversation to understand what that is and make sure that your demographics where you're going is not shifting with your older audience, that you're staying with with who you are. So it goes back to making sure you understand who you are, knowing your competition right. and then staying focused on that. While your your audience grows up, because they're already loyal customers, all you have to do is maintain the raving fans at that point. You need to go back to staying current to the 18 to 25-year-olds. And if you're in love with Facebook and you're an 18 to 25-year-old marketplace seller, they're not there. They are long gone from Facebook because mom and grandma are keeping up with them that way. Need to be on Instagram or Pinterest or Twitter. I mean we I all know do. Why
0: they're gone?
1: <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, I'm not po- <laughs> exactly. I'm not posting there. My mom's watching that. I'm gonna go post it on Twitter because they don't understand Twitter. So I'm good over there, or Instagram or you know now there's Cyberdust which is really cool. So there's there's tons of tools out there, but you need to grow with your marketplace or stay young right. with
0: your marketplace. So Ginger, what are some of the top mistakes that companies make with social media?
1: Oh, gosh, I just put this in an article, too. You know, I think the number one that I happen to love the most is not knowing that social and search are the same thing. You know, that they think that SEO is different than social media and it's not, or not having a policy so that you have more than just you posting, even if you're hiring an agency, that you have a line, you know, a red velvet rope, things that just don't happen on your social media presence because it impacts your brand. You know, you want to make sure that you're treating all sites as if they're the same. That's a huge mistake. Huge mistake. Facebook is an older audience. Twitter is a younger audience. Pinterest is um, middle-income, stay-at-home, single-family earner income, wives. So you want to make sure that you are speaking to the audience, not just broadcasting it because social media is not a megaphone. You're not talking at them. You're talking with them. You want to focus on the quality of your followers, not just the quantity, because, like I said, you can buy followers nowadays. You want to have the engagement. It goes back to e3, having that whole education, entertainment, uh, engagement, uh, and don't post inappropriate things, even on your personal one, especially if you're a personal brand. People are watching. Once you put out All there right. is always out there. You know, and monitor. You have to monitor, monitor suggestions, complaints, questions, and. Business owners shouldn't run from complaints. Complaints are great things on the Internet. I mean, don't get me wrong. You don't want to have a bunch of them because that's just something about you as a company. Right. But when you have a complaint, it's how are you handling it? That has huge weight with your audience. Everybody makes mistakes. Nobody's perfect. So, you know, when you have social reviews out there, if you don't have one or two of them that are bad, they know they're all fake because it doesn't tell them that, that you're a real human being. Nobody's perfect. Right. You know. Don't delete so negative the comments. hmm
0: Oh, don't delete them yet. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, don't good. delete them. <laughs> so that that kind of fits into the, the last con, uh, uh, part of the book, which talks about content and really having a content strategy and what do you do when you don't. Have any content or any original content, and and you already alluded to this uh, a few minutes ago, but but why don't we just wrap up in in talking about the importance of content, no no matter what your product or service is that you sell,
1: yeah it doesn't matter I have a I have a lady who's a colon therapist I mean okay so what does she do we we came up with a cute tagline and everybody poops it's just, you know just get it out on the table and then you find topics. You don't have to create anything. She's not a writer at all. So you can use other people's blogs and other people's um, topics, and you just give your opinion. It doesn't have to be right or wrong. Just stop trying to be politically correct. Nobody cares. We just want to hear your opinion, and it could be a very popular article. You can agree with them. And I think that one of the best strategies for that is to find someone that has a lot of traffic. You know, Maybe it's um, you know Donald Trump posted something, and you think it's full of crap. Well, great. Post it out there, tell it's full of crap, and tell him he's full of crap. You'll right. be surprised how much traffic you'll get just from that alone. So you know, use other people's blogs. You have to do press releases and article writing. And then there's a thing called syndication, which is writing something and posting it out for other people to see, not just on your website, but post it on other people's websites so that it drives traffic back to you. But you don't have right. to have your own content. You can just simply find someone else's content and give your opinion of it.
0: Very, very interesting. So, Ginger, for folks who would like to uh, learn more about you, uh, do you have a blog? I know you have a radio show. So why don't you you share how people can get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, you can go to my website. It's uh, spicegirloftampabay.com. I'm all over Facebook, and you can always Google me everywhere with uh, Ginger Rocky Johnson, R-O-C-K-E-Y, Johnson, but uh, SpiceGirlOfTampaBay.com. of Tampa Bay.com. They can always call my office too if they want to.
0: It's 813-841-3313. And somebody will be happy right. to. Right. So if them. you want to see what that purple hair looks like, <laughs> just <laughs> go for it. Spice Girl of Tampa Bay. There she is. Yep. Oh, and I love it that you're using Visita. Um uh, I am um, I'm a big big fan of their technology and uh, I, I love it too that if people do want to talk to you, they can actually uh, schedule a call with you. And so if you didn't get Ginger's phone number, just go to SpiceGirlOfTampaBay.com. And Ginger, what's your radio show, and how can people listen to that? Well, the radio
1: show is social media today with Spice Girl Tampa Bay, and it's on LifeImprovementRadio.com. There, it's broadcasts that are rebroadcasted through AM and FM channels all over the globe. So I can't really tell them where it's at. They can check Life Improvement Radio, or they can check with their local station on when it gets rebroadcasted.
0: Perfect. All right, Ginger, it has been terrific and thank you so much for giving uh giving us a piece out of this glorious uh Friday here in Tampa Bay. Uh we uh have had a a rough patch of, of weather uh but we can't complain yes. when everybody up north is still uh getting unburied from the snow. Yes, it is. And you're gonna be on my show here coming up soon next month. I am, I am I that am is still coming up forward. soon. Yeah, it's going to be great. We're going to have a great time. Well, Ginger, thanks so much again. And for those who would like to know more about the Executive Girlfriends Group, you can simply go to executivegirlfriendsgroup.com. And you can also check us out on our Facebook page. We have both a public page uh, for everyone, and we have a private page for our members. So thanks a bunch, and have a great, great weekend.
1: You've been listening to The Game Changer, ideas,
0: inspiration, innovation, with Chickie Fitzgerald.